Hello, guys. Thanks for tuning in again. Welcome back to Three in a Row. Lots to cover this week, uh, so we're going to get right into it, starting with the Premier League, and then we'll touch on the international break, Champions League returning this week, and also we'll see how far we can get with the uh, rest of the world. Um, how are you guys doing? How was your week, Damala? You mean weekend? Because <laughs> the week just started, although it feels well, like it's already yeah. been a long day. How was your uh, week? Uh, the last couple of weeks were busy at work, but you know, good. Um, although, I mean, we'll get into it with Niger not being in the World Cup, and this Arsenal loss today didn't make the last, you know, who didn't make the wait for Premier League football any sweeter. But you know, we still have a sort of longish season left, maybe like 10 games. So we move. If I had to over to you, update the people on your life. My weekend was trash. How about you? There's no way the weekend was trash. I saw you at Manzino's birthday now. <laughs> exactly, bro. From a football, strictly speaking, point of view, come on, guys. Match United are not making it easy for me at all. So, um, yes, that was trash. Let's get into it. Two weeks in a row where Ifatu, well, last time Ifatu was happy because United didn't play. Um, and today he's upset because United did play. Um, I don't even know how we want to cover this top four now, but um, I'm going to go, I guess, in order of the games that we like, so from back to front. Uh, we just saw Arsenal lose 3 0 away to Crystal Palace. Damala, what did you think of the performance and what do you think that, where do you think that leaves Arsenal in this um, top four race? I still think Arsenal's destiny is in their hands. Um, in terms of the performance, it was frankly shit, pardon my language. Um, but there was this underlying feeling like we had one of these type of games in hand left in season, meaning teams who were meant to beat would probably underperform against them. Now, did I think it would be this bad um, and against Crystal Palace? No. But, yeah, my in fairness, like, my general feeling at the end of this game is it is what it is. We do have a good game. I am more concerned about the fact that Party looks to be injured on somewhere that he's been injured before. And Tierney has a knee injury that he needs to see a specialist for. So, yeah, that's that that that's not looking good. Um, Sorry, go on. Yeah, and realistically, top four is in Tottenham's hands to lose from the looks of things. But I still feel like Tottenham has their own fumble job to do before the end of the season. So, I'm. I'm going to be a bit of a fan here, which has been uncharacteristic given my Arteta agenda and say I'm still backing, I'm still backing Arsenal to make the top four. But it's currently not looking good. Hopefully, Partey's injury is something like, you know, he just needs to ice for the next two games and he's good for the game against Chelsea. But if we don't have Partey for a bit, then we are politely... <laughs> fucked. <laughs> <We're politely> fucked. <laughs> First of all, Pate Pate went off like he was moving like he moved that time he got injured against Tottenham, but he's not coming Fuck. back anytime soon. Um, ah, I pray not. I pray not. Tierney, I don't know what's good wrong. Vibes. Tierney, man. 
this is not captain material that I'm seeing here. Do you know what's so annoying about this Tierney injury? I think it was an international break injury. Yeah, or training. He was fine from the international break, I thought. Like, what the fuck? But yeah, I think uh, just to build on what Damala said, if you're an Arsenal fan listening to the pod, unfortunately, it's not good news. Um, I've been saying this for a number of weeks, months now, probably, since Conte took over at Tottenham, that Arsenal and Man U should forget about that top four because it's Conte's. And I think we're seeing the manifestation of that now. Um, Tottenham beat Newcastle 5-1 on Saturday. Uh, it was a proper demolition, on Sunday rather. It was a proper demolition job. Mm-hmm. Um, and they look awesome, to be frank. They don't look like the same kind of side that's going to have that weak performance against uh, the teams in the bottom half of the table, which they did a couple of weeks ago. I really want to see what happens in the next match that they have. I don't even know who they're facing. They're facing um, Aston Villa away. That's a tricky fixture. Uh, and if I can see Tottenham dropping points there, then I have a little bit mm. of again. But for now, um, um, congratulations to Conte and uh, Tottenham, who are now firmly in the driving seat. Um, if I had to, how far with uh, Manchester United? Man, what can I say? We did it again. We did it again. Um, in a match where the stakes were high, where there was, you know, just expectations for us, like snap out of it and, you know, do something for top four chances. It's not like top four was the aim. Top four was the barest minimum, you know, starting at the beginning of the season. You know, we came, we came second last season, no? Sorry, third. Yeah. And now, like, against Leicester, Leicester were the much better team. If there was any team that had a chance to win the game, it was Leicester. In fact, they had a goal, a goal that, to be honest, could have been given. Should Probably have should have been given. Yeah. It was soft. You know? Um, yeah, it was soft. Varane sort of slipped. You know, there was a little tap on his ankle. You know, but he had a job. Bruh, he won that ball, man. You know, Madison was on fire. There was just so much going on for Leicester in that game. In a game where, you know, you know sometimes I don't understand Manchester United. Because you see that in the last five minutes of that game, my United suddenly woke up and seemed as like, oh, it's all about United. Oh, are they going to get a winner? You know? But where was that energy the entire 90 minutes? Um, man. What is the problem? Like, what is, what is the problem with the squad? If you're going to succinctly say, you know, if you're going to break down the season and tell us what's wrong, give us that so, um, take. So, I mean, we already know um, I mean, I really just thought there was just like negative vibes everywhere. Like just players that are entitled that think, oh, um, just by my salary and me being in Manchester United have arrived, you know. And there's just not enough fighting spirits. But at the end of the game, um, Ralph Ragnick said, made a point that, you know, previous managers, Mourinho to be specific, had made already. He said, this team is not lacking te- technical depth. You know, we, we, this is, we have technical quality within this team. We just don't have any physicality. Or rather, we're not physical enough. And that's just evident in like showing that we... Enough. Yeah, we're not fighting. We're not... We're not it's just like, if it happens, it happens. You know, like, cool, whatever. You know, I have the talent. I'm in Manchester United. I'm, I'm going to get paid my, my 240k at the end of the week. So, what do you mean? You know, people like, like Pogba giving us that energy. Man, we need an overhaul. We need a new manager. We need time. We need to like 
tone down the expectations and we need to like eliminate these guys that are entitled to you know their Manchester United careers. That's my take. Omo, United don't reach Arsenal level with that. Uh, translation, United has reached Arsenal's level. They're lowering their expectations. <laughs> um, Very quickly, I just doing? want to say about Spurs that I saw this uh, somewhere over the weekend and I think it's Piers repeating that Conte is the biggest level riser or raiser, English is filling me, Razor. as a manager, thank you, that we've seen in the world. Because in terms of like man-to-man, these post players are not that fantastic, bar Hurricane and Son. Don't forget Kroshevsky. is good, but again, he, he just entered Prem. Who knows, man? Maybe he, he's bringing like Prem tax to... Because how, how is the man that's not playing in Italy coming to enter Prem and bowling? But no, but he was, he was misunderstood in Juventus. They never played him in the right position. He played like five different positions for Juve. Like, he never yeah. got the run of games. I really, really rate him as a player. I wanted him at Arsenal badly. So That, that being said, I think Conte has significantly risen the level of the Tottenham team. Because again, barring one or two players, it's the same team that Nuno was dragging um, mid-table with. And yeah, so shout out to Conte. He's, he's doing fantastic work. I would have loved him at us now. But again, I've agreed to suspend my set agenda for a bit. To be honest, this speaking, Conte is not We Arsenal. can forget about it. We Conte can forget is, about it. He's not us now. I don't think like I would have wanted him at my club, to be honest. Like... In what sense? It's a short-term thing. there for two years. They'll do super well. It's going to go great for Tottenham. But I, I, Conte ball just doesn't resonate with me. Bro, at least for two years, you win. Aren't you, don't you want to win, my G? I want to win. <laughs> exactly. Honestly speaking, in terms of like the top four race um, between United, Arsenal, and Tottenham, I feel like United and Arsenal um, can forget about it. Um, when the stakes well, are high, Conte well, is fairness, always going to show up. You know? I, I get you, though, but in fairness, there's a small possibility of Chelsea being dragged into uh, the rest I, of the yes, Let's talk about like, Chelsea, lads. Like, like, I feel like, like the, um, 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 Arsenal's top four chances rely more on Chelsea than going past Tottenham. That's a wild take, but that's my take. I, no, to be honest, I rock with that. I rock with that. I'm not mad. I'm not mad that it's different. Guys, um, I mean, and I, I want to say up front, we should try to be more objective about Chelsea on the podcast. Mm. That being said, mm. Mm. did you guys watch the Brentford game? What happened? Bro, they were 4-1. So Chaliban decided to play back four instead of a back three and they were exposed. Yes, they were, so, they, Thiago. They, <laughs> they, they, they really had Thiago Silva's wife doing communicado official with a translator yes, there, bro. Nah, yes, nah, nah, that was a... That was, to be honest, man, to Chelban Abek, play back four against Arsenal. I have hope if you do that. I'm sure for you, you will try it again. I don't think you will try it again. Because <laughs> what... What what I saw in that game, what 
mean, hey, man, I, I'm not going to lie and say I wasn't happy that they lost. In fact, I was delighted with that L. It, you know, it was magnificent. You, you know, you know, at the beginning of the game, right? The Brentford um, coach gave like a very impassioned team talk to the team, right? And honestly speaking, that sent me like I remember the first leg, you know, in the Premier League between Chelsea and Brentford. I think Chelsea won that game one zero, and I remember but Brentford how should have won. Yeah, Brentford should have won. Brentford then they were, had the game of his life. Yeah, you know, like I, I felt so so bad. Maybe maybe it's part of maybe it's my hate for Chelsea as well. But I I I think Brentford deserved at the very least a draw, if not a win. Like they totally like man, I don't know how Mendy Mendy saved them from that game, you know. And so I think maybe the the, the Brentford manager had that in mind coming you know onto this second leg, and he reminded them of what happened. And on more second half, Jesus Christ. The, and the, I, man, and I think the other thing about the game was, in the first game, you could say there was a gap in quality between Brentford's midfield and Chelsea's midfield. Them adding Ericsson has added just that extra bit of quality. Like Ericsson looks good, fam. Yes, he, did he, he that? looks good. Like I, I, I did not expect him to look this good. Ericsson looks. But if we knew he was that good, we would have let Brentford just pick him up like that. Now, bro, me, yeah, I was told. Yeah, I need, a, <laughs> I need, I, I need, I need backup for this thing, Odegaard, man. I would have happily taken Ericsson. So it's. I think uh, I'm hoping Brentford is like the banana peel in Tottenham's season. Let's me know that Chelsea and Tottenham, they have people to hold them back. And it just doesn't depend on us now, not fucking up. Um, but but, but Damala, Damala, to be fair, Ericsson is like his heads and shoulders above Odegaard right now at this very moment. If it's the Ericsson that left Tottenham. No. Well, no. If it's the Ericsson that left... Guy, are you seeing Ericsson in, in the international break? Did you see I, I will say this. No, no, Odegaard played well in international break. I will say this, though. In terms of Prem knowledge, Ericsson has it. What Odegaard currently has over him is that Ericsson hasn't played consistent football over the last six months. So, like, like him coming to Brentford that's the it. first time. Is, also, I, that, feel like really everything, I feel like if Ericsson doesn't have a good performance, it's a lot more likely to go unnoticed because it's Brentford. You know what I mean? Um, but when he does... A lot shine, less pressure, yes. Yeah, we're going to hear about it. Uh, Odegaard doesn't. But me, I'm saying, I'm, I'm saying this is the this Ericsson is like showing signs of like the same Ericsson that left Tottenham. And if it's that same Ericsson, we cannot be talking about Odegaard just yet. No, that's, fair. That, that, I that's my point. I get that. I, I get that. I get Chelsea that. remaining um, fixtures for the season. They've got Southampton away, Crystal Palace at home, Arsenal. Oh, shout out. West Ham, Everton, Wolves, Leeds, Man U, Leicester, and Watford. Surely these are all like. No, no, no. They don't have, sorry, they don't have Crystal Palace. I would have loved them to play Crystal Palace. They have West Ham. Oh, yeah. Crystal Somebody's Palace, dropping. Yeah, up, uh, yeah, yeah. Somebody's dropping points, yeah. Although I think they may beat us at Chelsea, but somebody's definitely dropping points. I think, I think Arsenal falls apart like um, for the rest of the season. I think we go the next three games without a victory. 
no, no, no. I disagree. I, I think we beat Brentford and Southampton. Is saying but... this. Talkway is saying this one so that when Arteta starts winning a few games, he'll start his agenda again. So exactly, well, exactly. Agenda exactly. remains. Exactly. We, we build. As I said last season, you know. Man, see. Come on. It was all about seeing how far we could get this year. We did really well. Okay, boom. Next season, I come with expectations. If we get this, this these excuses, Tope. Tope, these excuses. It's not about excuses. It's about what I see on the pitch, right? And right now, I mean, the, the blueprint is there. Today, against Crystal Palace, the intensity was lacking. The physicality was lacking. The experience was lacking. All things that Tottenham have, right? They have a clear structure. They have experience. They have able-bodied men and they have quality. You know what I mean? We don't have that yet. Um, so, bloody hell, it's going to be uh, an amazing end to the season. Um, Speaking of end to the season, it seems like it all goes down to the Etihad next weekend. Curious, who do you guys have winning and why? Um, I have Liverpool winning because of intensity. I know everybody, uh, I know City are playing really well at the moment, but one, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, game by, sorry, excuse me. 1v1, as in, in a match between Liverpool and Manchester City, I will always bet on Liverpool. I think they have just as much quality, but they have an extra level of intensity that they can bring out in their game. And like with the front five that they have, I think they like I think three one to Liverpool, like clear victory, not even like close. So I definitely agree with Tokwe in terms of the intensity. I I can understand and appreciate that yeah, Liverpool have an extra level of intensity to you know to, you know compared against Manchester City. But the quality part is where I don't quite agree. You see, Manchester City are Again, for me, the best team in world football. This is a, this is a team that will be talked we about in this. Striker. In, in yes, yes, without a striker, this is a team that will be talked about in the same light as I don't know the the treble winning Barcelona team. You know, Mourinho's Guardiola um, ball, baby. Guy, this Manchester City team, if they if they show up on their day, and they will show up because. I don't think um, the stakes are as high, if that makes any sense. Like the stakes are high, but I don't think it's like the the last day of their lives, even though no. they are going to take it like that. They take and every game like that. That's why they're the best. You, you know, you know, Guardiola already said Guardiola already said that um, for Manchester City to be champions this season, they have to win all eight remaining games. Like they have to win all of them. So, of their eight games left, City has Liverpool, Brighton, Watford, Leeds, Newcastle, West Ham. Somewhere in there, they have to play Wolves before playing Aston Villa on the final day. I think this may actually go to the final day. I mean, if I to within that list, do you see any pitfalls? Obviously, barring the Liverpool game next weekend, do you see any pitfalls for City there? It sounds like a clear route to me. Mm, yes, but that's always the problem. Um, I I think saying that they have to win all eight games is maybe a bit of an exaggeration because if they beat Liverpool, um, if they beat Liverpool, um, come next weekend, um, that's a significant advantage. You know, they can afford to lose a game and still be ahead of Liverpool. So, um, yeah, 
I think what really matters is, 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 is this weekend's encounter versus Liverpool. If they are able to, to beat Liverpool at the Etihad, because let's, let's not forget this is at the Etihad, um, that extra layer that Liverpool, that extra layer of intensity that Liverpool have, um, it sometimes depends on the cup, depends on their fans. You know, they need that energy. They will not get that at, at the Etihad. Um, I know Etihad is not a particularly fantastic stadium for like the home team or whatever, but um, I'm solidly going with City beating Liverpool in that game, and they can just wing it. Yeah, you know, for Le- the Liverpool. Seven games. Um, Liverpool haven't won at the Etihad in like nine games, or it's like one victory in like nine. It, games it, exactly, it's not an easy like feat, really. Yeah, no, it's not. It's, it's not, not easy. But Tottenham did it's it. Not easy. Um, I mean, from the perspective of somebody who has had the grace to see both of these teams play this season multiple times. Liverpool are going to beat them, man. <laughs> I just like... Again, again, listeners, build up in wherever you see him. Build me! I don't know, <laughs> <laughs> know anybody that's seen Liverpool and City multiple times in the season. Liverpool yeah, fans brilliant. have seen them. City fans have seen them. I, I personally don't know anybody else. But um, I actually think... So I looked at Liverpool. Um, sorry, I was looking at City's squad list. And side note, I actually forgot Benjamin Mendy was once a City player. Um, is he still on the squad? <laughs> on the Premier League app, his name is still there. Gee, Benjamin Mendy. Next time, yeah, like, we, think about we'll, your, your actions. Break. We, we won't go. In. We won't go into that. <laughs> Fuck Mendy. But, what do you mean? But the biggest thing. Right there is big man Ruben Diaz is not yet back for the game. And I think why Liverpool can afford to field their best 11. City is not going to field their best 11. And I think that's what it will probably come down to. But City's best 11 is fluid. Like, you can't tell me City's best 11. City's best 11 is fluid in attack. Hold on, hold on. City's best eleven is fluid in attack, not the back four. That that's the key difference. City's best eleven is fluid in their attack, not like you could say fair from like Rodrigo upward. The best eleven is fluid. I do not disagree with you there, but the back four and the keeper in City's best eleven is always constant. Cancelo on the left, Laporte beside him, Diaz beside him. Walk on the right, Ederson behind them. Yeah, agreed. So, so you're missing one key part, Diaz, of that defense. And I think that's the opportunity Liverpool capitalized. But unlike Tope, I'm going for like a Liverpool 3 2 victory. Okay. So, um, I mean, to put this up, wrap this up in a nice bow, are you saying Liverpool gets the title or are you saying Man City gets the title? Damala, what are you saying? I um you know what I'm I'm gonna I'm I'm gonna initially I think I've so far said Liverpool once were one point and it was good yeah, if if Liverpool beat City at Etihad that's the end now it's a wrap no well, no, no because their, no. their fixture list is much tougher it's much tougher yep so uh, Liverpool have United they have Everton and although you could say Everton uh trash it's still Merseyside derby and everton is fighting for their lives um they still have newcastle they still have spurs then they still have aston villa southampton and wolves that so spurs is dodgy that spurs is dodgy 
if if Liverpool wins against City at Etihad and they are still ahead by the Spurs game, I think they do it. Mm, fair. Guys, can we talk about Everton? Um, are they going to get relegated this season? Or are the bottom three teams behind them just not just worse? Because right now they're sitting, oh, they have two games in hand and they're three points ahead of Watford um, in 18th place. Um, but also four points behind Burnley with the same amount of games played. Do you see an upset happen? I think we can all see Lampard is a fraud. And I think I was mentioning to you, Tope, that when they signed him, that I don't trust that signing because Lampard, with all the resources in that Chelsea, he could not get them higher than fourth spot. Tuchel came in and in half a season made them win the Champions League. And, you know, obviously for Prem Heritage, I think it would be a bad look for Everton to get relegated. But looking at their remaining fixture list, they have Burnley, they have United, they have Leicester. That Burnley game Liverpool. is massive. Not only the next, fixture. next game against Burnley. After massive Burnley, game. they play United three days later. Then they have maybe like almost two weeks before they play Leicester. Then Liverpool in Merseyside Derby. Then Chelsea. Then Leicester Jesus. again. Jesus. Then Watford. Wow. Then Brentford. Then wow. Crystal Palace. Wow. Before Arsenal on the last day. Wow. Looking at this, but all I'm saying is Arsenal should calmly put in like a 20 million pound bid to sign Richarlison next season. That's all I'm looking forward to right now. To be honest, is Richarlison good enough to take us to the next level? He is so. Richard, he is so. Richarlison is good second striker, and I want him as my second striker. Because I don't know about you, we need two strikers. A world-class striker and a backup. Because Lacazette is not good enough. Get me Richarlison as my backup. Lacazette has been not good enough, man. He's not. He's just not, not good enough. Especially today. I think Richarlison is good enough. But is is he better than Carver Lewin? Why are we looking to Richardson ahead of Carver Lewin? Well, I mean, Carver Lewin has had a shocking season, hasn't he? Um, riddled with injury well, yeah. and also Again, bad injured. form. Bad yeah. form, though. I, yeah, and I think last season I was no uh, earlier this season I, I mentioned Topper when Topper was like, "Oh, let's get Carver Lewin." I was like, "Bro, all I've seen is one good season from him." And don't get me wrong, it's a spectacular season. My fantasy definitely was happy with him, but mm. it's one good season. Let's see how the second season goes. And he hasn't been able to replicate in the second season. So, yeah, I'm not jumping on Cavalloon. Whereas with Charleston, I've seen him at Watford and I've seen him at Everton. And he got better moving from Watford to Everton. So he's improving. So that tells me if you improve the quality of players around him, he should improve again. So, yeah, give me Richardson over Cavalloon. I, 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 just a complete side note, by the way, but. Um... Uh, as we were talking about Richarlison and Cavalooin, uh, my mind went to Declan Rice. And I know you don't listen to the podcast, Declan, but I'm going to give you this aha warning. If you're not careful, you will never leave West Ham. Do not sign a new contract, Baba. That's all I have to say. Because he's exactly. the one of those players where <laughs> keep signing, keep signing. They keep putting that £100 million valuation. Nobody's ever going to go in for him and he's going to miss out or he'll do a hurricane, you know? Like I start Declan, Declan, if you're not careful, they're going to have you on that Hurricane 360 deal, bro. So, you, you've seen it with Harry. 
Harry's probably about to go his career without winning a major trophy. I know you don't want that for yourself. Do no, better. Harry's going to go- leave next season, I hope. But to where? Nobody's going to pay Harry Kane money, especially if he's injury prone. Uh, well, I don't think Harry Kane is injury prone. And City will, will come back with interest. The, the one thing I would say there, though, is I think Conte and Harry Kane are tied together. So Harry Kane stays, Conte stays. Harry Kane goes, question marks. I will say this, though. Conte goes, question marks. I, I, I will say this, though. If and in all likelihood is looking like this already done, but Mbappe leaves PSG, I think they actually get Hurricane. PSG gets Hurricane? Yep. That's my hot stick. Book it now. I don't that's think... A, that's a uh, work shout. Yeah. yeah, exactly. I, I really and, see and, that and PSG get uh, Paul Pogba as well, and Pogba has one good season. That yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I should fuck off my team. You should to be honest, like, objectively, Paul Pogba is a, an exemplary, like, he's a, rather, he's an example of exactly what is wrong at United, which is, like, no focus and just too much uncertainty. Every player is looking left and right, like, are you going to be here next season, bro? Are you going to be here next season? Instead of focusing on the pitch, they don't even know if they're managing. Like, 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 honestly speaking, if Pogba is a serious person, he's going to leave Manchester United. Like, if he wants the best for his own career, He's going to leave Manchester United. I think it's, a, it's something that just bodes well for both parties. Let him get out. And while that is being said, I will not take Declan Rice for even 70 million. I don't want any, I don't want another English talent with a lot of pressure on his head and money and you know uh, media attention every single game week. So it's not to be the Maguire effect. Man, Rice should just, I don't know, because I don't know who else is going to buy rice for, for the hundred million. <laughs> In fairness, I think if Barcelona get their shit together, they can come for him and he takes over the Busquero. Yeah, he is good enough money. to do. Again, if they get their shit together, so it's not like an immediate like one season, it's probably like two seasons uh, mm. type. In two seasons, if they get their finances in order, I see Barcelona coming to get him to Rest is young, Busquero. you know. Rest is, rest is still like yeah. 24. Exactly. Two years, perfect age. May have... Mm. If if all goes well with Europa League, he may even go to play Champions League football via that route. I personally think like two no, years rise to Barcelona. Uh, is that their next game? I don't know, but like I know to win the Europa League, they have to beat Barcelona. West Ham are playing. West Ham are going to play Lyon. Um, yeah, no, no. Yeah, no. I trust my boys. I trust uh, West Ham. Like. English English teams are leveled. Like even yes, this nonsense, yes, yes. even this nonsense Arsenal is playing, man. If they put them in Europa League right now, I think they have a chance of entry final. Yes, Arteta proved that uh, the season that we were in Europa, like when we got to the semi-finals, before we eventually lost to the winners, Villarreal, who also knocked Juventus out of the Champions League. Fantastic segue, guys. Let's talk about champs. Um, it's returning this week. It's returning tomorrow, as at the time of our recording. Um, uh, and the, the the draw is out. The the, the map. I'll be waiting in the column. The tree yeah. is drawn, um, and and we know where both teams, uh, where you know who everybody has to face to get into the next round. Um, high level question. First of all, before we go into I guess specific matchups. Who is looking like favorites for this? Who are your favorites for, for the trophy? Liverpool and Chelsea. Sorry, Liverpool and Madrid. 
not even Man City? Uh, no, I think um, my big man Diego Simeone is about to show us a Haram masterclass tomorrow. So, no. Is the game at uh, City's ground or? Um... First leg is at City ground. Simeone is showing you a Haram masterclass tomorrow, especially especially right now Ramadan is going, which speaking of which, happy Ramadan, Karim Tola, Muslim brothers and sisters that listen to the podcast. Yes, but yeah, no, Simeone... Simeone is about to show us a Haram masterclass, so I'm, I'm I, I have no I have no worries about that. I think Atletico going through. Mm, that's the hottest take I've heard today. Um, uh, I, I firmly disagree. But you my know, own take is Manchester City, Shah. Man City for the treble. You heard, you heard it here first. Soft. Yeah, I already said it though that City is not winning anything this season. Yeah. I don't know. So we have two completely polar opposites on City's features here. Somebody is saying uh, Man City for the treble. Another one is saying uh, City are not going to win anything. Let's see how it pans out. Um, but I have to say, like, for me, favourites for Champions League right now, it's looking like, obviously, Liverpool, City, Bayern. Um, two of those three teams will be in the final this year. Uh, so it's going to come down to that performance on the day. Um, and if it's an on-the-day performance, I back City and Bayern over Manchester City. I'm sorry, I back Liverpool and Bayern over Manchester City. Um, we have Madrid-Chelsea as a lineup, um, or as one of the games, rather. Uh, who do you guys think is going to take that one? Madrid, Madrid, hello, Madrid. <laughs> on top there, poor performance against Barcelona. No, um, no I, that, that was just a very yeah. normal game. They didn't have Benzema. Ancelotti was trying things with his formation. Against Chelsea, they'll be ready. They'll remember yeah. what happened last, last season. And, and I think they will knock Chelsea out. Yep. Also, I don't think... If there's anything I have to give Ancelotti, I don't think he's a coach that makes the same mistake twice. So, it, it, it's almost... I think it's almost better that he made a mistake against um, Barcelona, where the league is basically almost tied in a bow, rather than making that mistake in the Champions League against Chelsea. Because unlike Twaby, who said that they should sack him for losing to Barcelona, I actually think if they lose to Chelsea, he will lose his job, regardless of what happens in the league. So... Well, the word is that he's going to lose his job regardless. And um, but, yeah, but for who? Pochettino, oh, come Pochettino. On. Come on, really? I think Pochettino is a great fit for um, Real Madrid. I think I think Pochettino is like a middle-worldy class coach, if that makes sense. Like you put him in the biggest boys, he struggles. You put him just under the biggest boys, he can flourish. And that's exactly where I think Madrid are right now. No, Madrid are among the biggest boys in world football right now. Mm, uh, you, arguably so. I think yeah, you, like no, no. fantastic. You 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 count the top five biggest boys in world football. You can't leave out Madrid. No, and I don't think that will ever be the case, really. And, and exactly. You consider you consider that Madrid are trying to get Mbappe, even Haaland, all these yeah, exactly. are trying to get. They will be a very big team, if not this is in the next season. Pochettino is the guy. Come on. Ex- exactly. Like, Pochettino dies having issues with... Well, I mean, he's probably not having issues with Mbappe. He's having issues with Mbappe, Neymar, and Messi as a kind of, like, collective. But 
Pochettino that is having those type of issues in PSG, you think he's not going to... Well, actually, I know what... I, I sort of get what you're saying now that I'm thinking about it more. Because Madrid has superstars, but they have superstars without ego. It's a young crop of players that are hungry. Yeah, I know only that. The, the, old, the old guard have zero ego with them. Yeah. Right? Like you could say PSG, even though they are not necessarily an old team, the stars have egos. But Madrid doesn't have that. It's, it's legit like win or die. With PSG, they know like, you know what? They can slip their way through the league. Madrid knows they can't slip their way through the league for the most part anymore. Maybe this season was closer to a walkover as they will have in a while. Yeah. So I kind of get why Tope is saying that, you know what? That Madrid's post may be the right place because he will have a lot of hungry stars. But at the same time, I think on the biggest change, stage, Poch has not delivered like Poch hasn't won anything no but you know his time will come so, guy. Um, yeah. let's keep it moving let's go to the World Cup guys um, tragedy in Abuja uh, yeah. a weekend ago absolute tragedy in Abuja Ghana knocked Nigeria out of World Cup qualifiers on a way goal rule which I think was unfair um, yep but guys, like real talk, have you ever seen such a bad game of football before? I think Eguavon Ball watch watched me. I can't say us because I don't know how you guys feel about him, but Eguavon Ball definitely watched me during the group stages of the AFCON. And after that embarrassment in the round of 16, I, my eyes should have cleared, but I was hopeful. But it was two legs of nonsense. I think Austin... With Austin, what got me was he was making the right call-up selection, right? So, you he, think so? Yes, I thought. Like, who did he? Who Don't did think he, he was a little bit like heavy, like sided attack. You know, in the yeah. attack. But that's but that's, 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 the squad. that's the squad. Well, yeah. In fairness, yes. With Nigeria, does he have a lot of midfield players? But even with that, um, this thing. You're telling me we need a goal to win a game and you bring on Ahmed Musa and Igalo when Kelechi is on the bench. Come on. For me, that alone is a oh, second goal offense. brother. Thank you I, so I, I much. Thought, I thought, I thought I was, that was the only one. No, but I, I wasn't was the only one that. that thought, how don't you play Kelechi Henacho? Guy, he's the, man, he's the most natural attacker in the entire Nigerian team, I beg. No, 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 and Osimen is so good as a primary number nine that Kelechi cannot play the position which best fits him, which is a false nine up there, right? So they've tried a couple of different combinations. Play like a four-four-two with him Kelechi. and Kelechi. And Kelechi can do that. He's very Kelechi capable was of playing doing as a that. ten at some point. Yes, and like, I, he I, can I'm do not, that. I'm not mad at that. He can do that very capably. Although you could say it's not his best use, but at least in terms, let's say he can give you a 10 as a false nine. In that number 10 position or a second striker, he can give you at least an eight. For some reason, this guy thought I needed a goal and brought on Ahmed Musa and Igalo. 
that alone is a sucking mm. mean, what, what he brought on just what he brought on was experience uh, that, no, that's what experience. That, now, what experience? Yeah. That's a second goal. We're about to be knocked out of the World Cup. You bring on your most reliable heads. You bring on that's the- a lie. Oh. Has Igalo played in the qualifiers? Igalo hasn't played a single DC force in the qualifiers. The team dynamic is different from when he was last in the team. I see. For me, nobody can tell me anything. Choosing to bring on Igalo and Musa. When Kelechi had not played a single minute of football, is a sackable offense on his own. We are not even talking about the total lack of tactic in, 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 in both legs. But it's not just like that. no tactic whatsoever. Just vibes, just vibes. You know, man was talking about I like Guardiola football. What is that guy crazy? <laughs> Man, get that guy out of my national team, man. Yo, like, one thing that I would say is I knew we were doomed from the starting lineup because how are you going to bring in Dennis and Lukman for the first time and then start them in the biggest game of our season? The biggest match. You're going to just bring them into the game just like that. For me, that uh, vibes, actually, brother, mm, vibes. Well, no, it's a couple of things. Hold on, no, Chukweze was injured. So his regular person off the left. Okay, so then uh, off right. of the right. So no, his regular person off the right was not there. So I sort of forget that. And Lukman, in fairness, Lukman didn't have a bad game. He got us the penalty that um Balog, shout out to Balog, that was sorry, Ekong, that was a fantastic penalty, by the way. Although we shall lost, but that was a fantastic penalty. But it's there's a you could generally tell like there's a lack of tactical awareness on how to manage the game. That, that 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 for me that's actually the biggest problem because in that first leg i agree simon wasn't effective nobody in that nigeria team appears to know how to cross or when the players that know how to cross are there they are not getting in crossing positions tell me why the entire team i know is our best crosser in the entire team yet the people on that side are not giving him situations where he can cross they are forcing him to do one-on-one take-ons that doesn't that's not what you need it's again it's it boils down to tactical ineptitude it's tactical uh, ineptitude and um i was discussing this with somebody the other day i wanted to bring it to the pod but we were we were having like just a real conversation it was me and a Ghanaian talking about uh, the qualifiers and we both agree that the quality of african football is declining am i lying or am i lying the quality I've seen from the AFCON from these qualifiers. Can you point to me at a game where you see two teams playing good football? I, I, I would oh, say okay. not. As in, I think you have a point. There. Not the quality of the footballers, not the talent. Exactly, exactly. The, not the talent. Just football. Yes, football yes, yes. It's bad. Yes, it's actually bad. Like, let's call it spade a spade, man. Like, bro, we're so right, man. I can't lie. I'm, I'm, I'm quite. I'm liking Ghana, honestly speaking. Um, I think Ghana, even like, it sort of respected Nigeria a bit too much. If you watch the second leg, Ghana could have won that game towards the end. Like Ghana could have, like, they could have sneaked a win. You know, because yeah. we just didn't, like, we just didn't know what we were doing. Yeah, we didn't. Ghana had enough. a new manager, and I know this is not very, um, you know, this is more a vibes um, opinion. But like when I look at that guy's eyes, that guy is hungry, you know. And the way Ghana sort of like contained the Nigerian team, because don't forget, um, um, this Nigerian team—it's a team that could have gone to the World Cup on vibes too. We could have knocked Ghana out on vibes. We have the talent. We have the players. They could, you know. I mean, we we went two one up after going one one nil down. 
we, so we quickly went to one up and then they canceled the second goal. So um, it's not far-fetched that we're not going to out and go to, to the World Cup. But I feel like Ghana did the job. Ghana did almost like the Haram Atletico football, right? Hey. But they knew what they had to do and they did it. Again, tactical awareness. Ghana could do well in, in the World Cup. Uh, no, actually. Yeah, me too. I think they're going to mark attendance. Let's but, look at who's in Ghana's absolutely. group. Ghana, they have Portugal, Uruguay, and Korea. I mean, it's there for the taking. Uh, no. Who, who, who dared you think they're going to finish ahead of other... They, I mean, they I can think... beat Uruguay and they can beat Korea. Yes. You know what? To be fair, you know what? I, I, want, I, I want them to get revenge on Uruguay. But I... So Ghana has a couple of problems. They don't have like... Well, hold on. Let me... Before I speak on Ghana specifically, um, I'll talk about the African football thing. I, I've been thinking about it and... I don't know. I feel like African football is not creating as many creative midfielders anymore. No, there's no creativity in the midfield. You're right. Like, we have solid defenders in African football. We have solid attackers in African football. But in terms of creative midfielder, like, remember, there, there was a time African football had Yaya Toure, Okocha. Like, there was an abundance of creative midfielders all playing at the same time. But right now, it seems like that has been changed to primary focus on wingers, attackers, Yeah, we used to have technically gifted midfielders. Yeah. Like, uh, it's... So I think for me, that's why it looks like the quality of football between African teams is not up to standard. But that, that's like a personal thing. Like Ghana, remember, there's what Ghana used to have SCN. They used to have um, this guy. You have SCM Ali playing Montari. box to box. Exactly, Solomon Arimontari playing the, like there was there's the, obviously like the defensive solidity, but with the box to box and creativity with that, this is, it used to make the football sweeter. But um, looking at Ghana's World Cup group, I actually don't think they'll be Portugal. I, I don't think I think Portugal has learned their lesson during this World Cup qualifiers about being complacent. So I'm not going to underestimate Ghana. I do see Ghana beating Uruguay as a sort of revenge. And it boils down to that Korea Republic game. Yeah, and we know what uh, Korea has done to Nigeria in the past. So let's not even let's not even go there. Well, what have, what have Korea done to Nigeria in the past? Korea did well, South Korea. South Korea. This is this is yeah, South yes. Korea team though, because you mean yeah, Son cool. and you know yeah, they have no, yeah. some talent now. Exactly. Then, also, that South Korea team, in fairness, it's not as if they did anything to us. We did something to ourselves. Yakubu missing open net and chewing gum as if. Like that that game, somebody swore for us in South Korea. Um, but yeah, let's uh, let's quickly round up on the rest of the African qualifiers because there were some cracking games, uh, specifically the uh, Cameroon match where they managed to knock Algeria out in the dying embers of the game, as in a, to Cameroon in yeah, all jazz in all jazz. I could not believe it. Yeah, no. Because, I was, I was because Algeria, you, you know, you know, Algeria already won the first leg in Yaoundé, right? They, they, they beat Cameroon one zero at Cameroon's yep. yard, and we thought that was done and dusted when you go to Algeria, especially because the Algerian team are like fighting for their reputation, you know. And man, Cameroon in extra time they just changed it, man. I don't know, I don't know that that um, what's that called to call a Kambi guy? That guy can be for Leon. That guy. 
Yeah, no, he's Cameroon. Shout, shout out to Cameroon, man. Even I can't even be running my agenda like I was in Afcon. They they did well. They deserve to be at the World Cup, and I'm happy for them. Um, and also shout out to Mane for being two zero up on Salah. I'm so happy for the brother. Yeah, but like I, I I know personally for Sadio Mane that must feel sweet. Like on a personal level, he will be loving that because he's kind of overshadowed by Salah at Liverpool. But to um to knock Egypt out uh, twice in such painful fashion as well in the penalty shootout, um, that that would give Mane a big boost. Uh, King of Africa, you know the vibes. Um, yeah. But I, I guess quickly with the couple of minutes we have left, uh, shall we just touch on the co- the countries we feel like are going into the World Cup on the strongest position? Um, if we're going to kind of uh, call out the favorites, um, I can start. Uh, obviously, we have France, in my opinion, still yes. the favorites to win the tournament. Unbelievable mm-hmm. squad depth. That new midfielder that they found. Um, the no, no, nobody wins the World Cup back to back, guys. Well, Andrew, well, fair, but if there's anybody that I think Andrew, I think France is there. So if, okay. um, if I move sure. from France, we look at Spain. Spain, I think, is the next best team in this tournament right now, um, hmm. based on the football that they played, especially towards the end of the Euros, and also how they have developed under Enrique. Um, or actually, before I even say Spain, Brazil. Yeah, I was about to say uh, that. Brazil. Brazil. Brazil, Brazil. they play like, even they play like a club football side. And as, yeah. as an international team, that's the highest praise you can give. Brazil exactly. are giving Madrid vibes, man. They're giving Madrid vibes. Like, they're all hungry. They are, they are these so, are players that are hungry. So, I have a dark horse, though. I think for the first time, we may get a, an African... Well, I don't know. Actually, I don't know how the rest of the draw looks. But... I think Senegal could qualify first from your group. Because Senegal's yeah. group is Qatar, Ecuador, Netherlands. And me, yeah, I don't joke with South Americans, man. I know they are basically Africans in terms of the Gragra football. But I think Senegal can actually qualify first from that group. So it's in terms of like, teams. yeah, it's not outside of the realm. Um, and I'm looking at the African teams, man. Other than Senegal and Ghana, you know what? Ugh. I don't say Cameroon could do a job, but that nah, group looks hard. Cameroon, <laughs> yeah, that group looks hard. Um, I think Morocco. I, I'm not counting on Morocco. Yes, I like Morocco. No, no ZH, I like Morocco. Though. ZH has beef with the manager. If I was Moroccan, I would not be having that. Like, well, I, 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 same here. No, I, I get that. I didn't get it. Imagine I, I, somebody says Osimhen can't play for Niger, based on like you know personal relationships. How would you feel? Well, yeah, yeah. yeah that, but, that would, but, but I think the question is: Is EX Morocco's best player? I don't disagree. He's one of their best, probably even their top five. But is he their best player? Guy, yeah, he's top two because you know go past uh, Hakimi. You know, fair, fair sure. As in. Um, but yeah, uh, let's talk about, um, well, there's Germany as well. Spain's group is like going to be a tough group. Um, yeah. The final, the final team qualifying, whether it's Wales or Ukraine. Me, I'm supporting Portugal, Sha. That's, I, I think they're going to have a tough um, path out of that group. Even though it seems as if they are the, you know, the best team in the group. I think they're going to like qualify on like five points or some shit like that. But 
ultimately Portugal could go to the final. And if they do that, yeah, it's about how you say Ronaldo and Bruno Fernandes and and um and um what's Bernardo Silva, Jao Jao Felix, Jota. Jota. These guys get out of the ball in world like, football at the moment. This guy Ronaldo even better than Ronaldo, I think Jota is the best header. Uh, I think I think that's a fallacy. I think he's the best shot man header of the football, but uh-huh. I think he's nobody is better than Cristiano Ronaldo, man. Come on, let's not Benzema. get ahead of ourselves. When has Ronaldo scored a headed goal, man? Guys, uh, guy, the- he, he scored the winner against Spurs. Was that not a headed goal? Okay. Yeah, exactly. What are you talking about? What are you talking about? My bad. Let's finish on England. England, come on, England. Naja is out, so obviously I'm an England supporter for this tournament. Yeah, uh, how do you guys England's chances? I I pray the US beats England, not because I like the US or I like England, just for banter. So the US will be like, yeah, we we got our independence from you, and we're pitching you in international tournaments. I, I just want you for a shit and giggles. <laughs> Nah, 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 nah. I, I read, like, first of all, England, uh, like, this is the best England team ever, in my opinion, ever in the history of life. I don't think England have had a better team than what they have right now. And have you seen their, like, their last 20 games or so, something like that? Guy, even Italy didn't beat England. Like, no. Italy had to win on penalties, no? Like, yeah. yeah. Respect the three Lions, you know? Um, my only, I, I think the only enemy of England would be England themselves. Like, if they get ahead of themselves and like just take it for granted or whatever, I don't. The know. only don't enemy do, but... of England is Gareth Southgate because he has proven to be yeah. an inept manager. In... <laughs> 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 well, no, no, see, let, let me let me tell you what needs to happen. If Southgate if Southgate listens to me and play this formation, England all the way. Obviously, Ramsdale in goal, uh, Walker right back. So yeah, very yeah, to do that. Well, again, I say if he listens to me, anything else is his business. Walker, right back, Trippier, left back. Center back, Pierre. In fact, you guys, uh, I, I personally would call Tomori and play Tomori and John Stones, but we know he's not going to do that. You guys so, didn't even put Ben White in the team. Oh, my God. I'm not putting Ben White as a starter. Please, let, let's, be, let's be honest with ourselves. No, but let's be honest. Uh, he's he's going to play Harry Maguire and probably John Stones there. Yeah, we, okay, we all know move on to the out. midfield. Midfield has to be Rice, Mount, Henderson. So Mount has a number. That's a great there. balance. That's a good yeah. balance. No, two, uh, two eights, Rice in the hole. And then the front three, if they play this front three, they are winning it all. Sterling on the left. Kane is center. Saka on the right. I'm glad to win it all. Come on, come on, England. England to win it all. Come on, England. Sweet <laughs> Caroline. <laughs> Whoa. Oh. Good times. Okay, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, I'm actually liking England's chances. I love England's if chances. They, I they just think they don't have a good manager, man. Luis Enrique is a better manager than Southgate. For example, so on a matchup between England and Spain, I'd pip Enrique to do the job over Southgate. Um, but only time will tell, and I'm sure guys will discuss more about the World Cup as it gets closer um, over the uh, over the course of the year. And uh, I promise we will talk about Syria next week or next episode because the title race is hotting up there. And I think it's been a while since we've seen a league where four teams, any of them, can win this uh, trophy. Um, so that's awesome. 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 Events are not there, are they? 
No, Juventus. They are, they are, they are up this weekend. Me, of course. Yeah, so it's more, it's mainly three, I guess: Milan, Inter, and uh, Napoli. Napoli. Um, but we'll see how that develops, ladies and gentlemen. Till then, um, as Gab Marcotti says, uh, love yourself, love your neighbor, love the game. Peace and love. Right, sir. Thanks, guys.